You're going to remember this every day for the rest of your life. If you want to get to a goal, if you want to get to your dream, you've got to focus on all the little steps. You have to put in your time. You have to be patient and you have to enjoy the process. Whatever you're doing now, whatever you want to be great at, whatever you want to be special at, I'm sure you, you may be already be good at it, but to be extraordinary, you have to do extra. I firmly believe that we are all here for a very specific reason, to do something truly extraordinary. But what are you going to do to get there? Welcome to the Magna Method. I'm fortunate enough to sit down today with Mr. Manning Sumner of Legacy Fit in Miami, Florida. Welcome to the show, Manning. Thank you, Mark. It's great to have you. Manning, uh, I've known you for almost a decade, and I know we didn't get close till uh, maybe, what, we would say four or five years ago, around that time, but I've always known you to be a... a well-respected man in the fitness wellness industry and I don't know a ton about your background I know a little bit because we've had a lot of early AM talks at the at Legacy Fit but I'm sitting down here today and I'm really excited to hear all about you know like your upbringing your start in fitness who you've trained how you do it and I know you have a great great reputation so let's start off man where are you from uh, Birmingham Alabama so Alabama I'm a, I'm a Alabama boy and I, I don't even want to go well let's not even go football well let's do it <laughs> Alabama are you an Alabama fan no I actually I actually played at Auburn so I'm definitely War Eagle Tigers um my dad played at Auburn my mom went to Auburn we're a huge Auburn family so definitely not uh the tide you're not rolling with Nick no. Saban understood <laughs> <laughs> understood so you started off playing football or sports very young Was sports pushed on you as a yes. kid or not really yeah my uh i definitely um there's a there uh, my dad and my mom used to tell the story that i that i could throw a football before i could walk so they would throw the football in the crib and i would throw it out before i could even you know crawl or walk so that was kind of the first step and then i was always always uh the the athletic kid on the block and um and just so you were good you were a good athlete growing up i was a terrible athlete growing (laughs) up i can kind of see that because i know you're a great athlete were you did you play many sports or just football i did you know young i played everything baseball basketball tennis uh tennis yes i actually you're the most jack tennis i actually love tennis believe it or not um i was a huge andre agassi fan you know had all the outfits the the jean shorts with the pink tights underneath. I remember so, those sneakers yeah. well. Oh, yeah. Those are nice sneakers. Yep. And you're a sneaker guy, so. So I, I definitely, I love sports. Um, it definitely was a huge part of my life uh, early on. And so, you, you kind of, at what point did you decide you wanted to be a football guy? I think it was, uh, well, to, to kind of tell you my high school story, I, when, I was a, when I was a sophomore, I, uh, a lot of colleges were looking at me. And I was having a phenomenal year. And then what position? I played inside linebacker and, and running back, tailback actually. Jeez. So tailback. Yeah, I was tailback and inside linebacker. And uh, and then, you know, small school, Briarwood Christian High School in uh, Birmingham. We were a three A school at the time. Now they're big time. Now that I think they're five A. Um, but uh, so my sophomore year was having a lot of colleges look at me. And then uh, my junior year. Uh, I was having severe back problems the entire year, like where I couldn't walk after games, where um, the pain was just unbearable. And 
So I, I kept getting checked out, and everybody kept telling me, all the doctors kept telling me, just pull the muscle, pull the muscle. Pros, yeah. pros, obviously. Yeah, like like big time, like big, big. Uh, smart people. Yeah, very smart people. I won't yeah. name names. But very, very smart <laughs> people name were names. telling me. Uh, from Health South were telling me that, you know, I was fine. I just had to pull muscle. And, and uh, you know, there was moments where I, I literally could not walk after the games, and I knew something was wrong. And then my coaches were watching the film, and they knew something was wrong. And uh, and so we got we had a bone like expert like a bone uh, a back expert do a bone scan and they found a, a hairline fracture in my L four vertebrae so or L five L five S one so um so I had been playing nine games with a broken back and uh, so then you know they said you know you have to have surgery your career's done you're never gonna play sports again and and uh, I of course didn't listen to them and. I obviously couldn't play the rest of that year, but I, I was determined, and I went to a chiropractor, and he said that if I got my core as strong as possible. Is this in high school? This is in high school, okay. so my junior year. Um, so my junior year, they tell me I can't, can't play football ever again, can't do anything anymore, um, have to have surgery on my back. And so I went and got a second opinion from a chiropractor, and he actually told me that if I strengthen my core and take a lot of calcium pills, believe it or not, that I could – you know, put a calcium deposit over the fracture. Wow. And and be okay. So I I literally got in the best shape. I was a two fifteen, two twenty at the time. I ended up going into my senior year at one ninety five, but shredded, feeling good, right? Like shredded, yeah. Faster than ever, stronger right. than ever. And the back wasn't and, bothering you at that point. And the back point. wasn't bothering me at all. So, what? you know, ended up playing my senior year, being defensive player of the year in Alabama, and uh, that's serious. And just you know coming back from that was huge for me so so that that's was a big deal that was you know my high school thing and that's when football became I, I knew I just said it in my mind that football was where it was going to be mm-hmm. and my senior year I didn't play any other sports except for football I do regret that though I wish I would have played yeah. Yeah. my senior year basketball and, and baseball because you know yeah. you only get one that's one right. year so that's right and Alabama is not exactly a slouch state for football. I mean, no, not at all. I, I played football in Massachusetts. It's a little bit different, <laughs> but we a lot of respect for the uh, high school sports in general in Alabama. Um, but then you're on to Auburn. Yes, right? correct. What happened was is I was getting recruited by uh, Alabama actually, wow, and Florida State, and then uh, Sanford University. But then they ended up telling me I was too small, and uh, no one offered me a scholarship. And so, you know, being that my dad played at Auburn and my mom went to Auburn and basically I was going to Auburn whether I wanted to or not. Legacy. So I, uh, I reached out to Auburn and they actually brought me in as a preferred walk-on, which means you come in with the scholarship players and you compete for, you know, a position. So I did that and I actually, uh, actually made the team. And then, and then uh, my second year I earned a full scholarship. So, uh, Way to go, man. That's that was serious. Pretty, you know, it was pretty a big deal. It huge, is a big huge deal. deal. So anyone knows that played college football that a walk on uh, that earns a scholarship, that's serious because it's one thing to earn a scholarship. It's not that they don't deserve it, but they come in, they understand their situation. If you're a walk on, you kind of start at the bottom regardless, with no respect. None. You None. even get different cleats and pads yeah. and helmets and stuff. Yeah. They so. basically, when they hand out the gear, like you said, t-shirts, like you get the old gray shirts, right. you don't get the new ones. The shoes were the biggest thing for me because you remember the molded cleats. I know them well, and okay. you didn't get spikes, and you didn't get spikes. And like no, no. I remember getting the molded cleats and saying, "I can't play on these." <laughs> I had to buy my own. Yeah. 
Yeah. They make you slower. Like, yeah, yeah here you go. You're put in a position to fail. To right. Go for it. Um, that's, that's, so you played there. Um, you played all four years there. Did you, how so did the back, the story yeah, of that. The story. So then, so then I'm, uh, I'm, I'm just a walking, uh, injury basically. So, so I, I had a phenomenal, um, red shirt freshman year as far as just helping the team, like, uh, you know, scout team and of things course. of that nature, playing special teams, which is a big deal for um, a young person. I played behind Takeo spikes. So I needless to say well. hitting the field with that guy yeah, I know him <laughs> never well. wasn't going to happen anytime soon. So, we, we both have something in common. So, so, uh, you know, and we had some phenomenal linebackers at Auburn, but, uh, yeah. but I really stood out, you know, when doing the things I did on the scout team and, and, uh, and also on special teams. Right. And then heading into my red shirt sophomore year, I was starting, this is when there may have been red shirt junior. It's a long time ago. So it's hard to remember, but, um, Whenever, whenever Takeo uh, declared for the NFL draft, I actually was the starter heading into spring, and um, and was playing great and doing well. And then I, I, I broke my ankle. Wow! So that kind of set me back. And then the next year, I was having more back problems. And and mind you, at this time, I was li- lifting extremely heavy. I was up to two hundred thirty-eight pounds. And uh, so I think the wear and tear of the lifting and the hitting and the and the extra weight um, started to affect my back, and so I, I rebroke that that hairline fracture. That that actually, when we did the X-ray going into Auburn, there actually was a calcium deposit over it from taking all the calcium supplements. So the chiropractor was actually correct, and, well, and it was. actually worked. What was that pain like when it came back? Uh, Miserable or it's it's a uh, like a knife stabbing you in your hip, basically. Uh, 24, 24 hours a day. So it's, it's intense. And then trying to play football with that kind of pain is, it's almost impossible, but you know, I tried it, I did the best I could. And then, uh, and I just couldn't do it anymore. So they granted me a, a medical hardship. Um, and, I uh, just chose to focus on my career and, and, and that's when I really got into, to working out even more right. and exercise science. And because right. I was like, I almost felt like, to be perfectly honest, I almost felt like the strength coaches did this to me. I like, understand. Like they, you know, they caused me to re-injure my back. And because uh, uh, if I knew now, yeah. if I knew then yeah. what I know now, I wouldn't be, I don't think I'd be in this position. But I think we all kind know. of feel that way a little bit. It's just maybe then the lack of or uh, you, you just the lack of knowledge certain things that don't need to be done or they're just not optimal for longevity for the longevity of an athlete especially in yeah i mean because it's always bigger faster stronger right and then by any means necessary so you're doing things to your body and your back and your knees and your synovial joints that just aren't beneficial right and and i think now they realize how valuable people like yourself are at the collegiate level and those high profile schools and then the nfl our job is to keep the athletes on the field. On the field and healthy. Yeah. So and for a long duration. Yeah, absolutely. Because yeah, the career so much, is yeah. long. Like you, yeah. well, you want it to be. Long, yeah. So. so, you start studying. You immerse yourself in it. And at what point do you decide? Hey, I want to make this a career, and I'm going to come to Miami. Okay, so the Miami thing is kind of interesting. Uh, when I decided to make a career was when I was actually at Auburn and when I knew I wasn't going to play, I started, I started to train 
some of the guys on the team um, at a Gold's Gym. And uh, and they just they really gravitated towards it. And I ended up having like 11 to 12 guys training with me instead of the strength coach. Wow. And uh, and I just had a, a knack to get people to, to work. And it was not even at that time, I certainly wasn't as knowledgeable and knew you know everything but yeah. i did know i did know how to motivate and i did know how to put people in the right positions to be successful and i think that's what kind of stood out um to kind of i knew how to find people's weaknesses and then help them overcome them and uh in, in a lot of times it was mental and that's what i found mm-hmm. a lot of the guys it wasn't necessarily strength uh weaknesses it was, it was more just mental barriers to push past their their limits and uh and doing it in a safe way so that's what i was started to create and then um and then just learning in the exercise science classes and the anatomy and things of that nature you you just get you just enjoy it you know actually doing the labs and the vot max and the uh the different things it just uh you start to really uh enjoy the process of of learning about the craft so I actually went to I did my uh, I did my um, internship at Samford University um, under strength coach there named Tommy Rowling. Okay, I've actually heard of him and a uh, phenomenal guy. And he was actually my personal he I actually did personal training with him when I was in like seventh and eighth grade. So he like really f- was my like I would say my first mentor. Um, he uh, he really showed me the ropes at a young age and uh taught me you know the basics and and uh and and really pushed me at a at a young age and so then i got to have the honor of of going to work for him at sanford and work with the football team and the basketball team and i think the uh the tennis team the women's tennis wow. team and, you know just uh different things like that and it was a it was a great experience great experience would you call him one of your uh you know most influential early mentors I would say, from a strength and conditioning standpoint, yes, yeah, yes, absolutely, definitely. definitely. In um, so so, when does the uh, Miami thing come in? So, you know, you you get to the point you're you're done with 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 school, you get your diploma, and then you're like, okay, now what? And and I could have gone down the strength and conditioning route, um, and maybe even gotten a position at Sanford at the time, but you know, the pay was not that great. Um, I'm a bit of an adventurous like I like to just do crazy stuff so um I wanted a change and so I was doing personal training and 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 utilizing my my gifts but I wasn't I wasn't in a, a happy like I didn't didn't enjoy mm-hmm. it and a buddy of mine was a model here in in Miami and he hit me up and he said look yo if you if you shave your head right now <laughs> and send me a picture you'll get this body double job on bad boys bad boys really or bad boys 2, i didn't know I think that it was so i shaved my head literally <laughs> right then and there <laughs> sent him a picture and sure enough they hired me on the spot wow so i had like two thousand dollars in cash and a maxima i packed all my stuff <laughs> in it drove down to miami nine and a half hours or whatever it was slept in his you know teeny apartment on euclid and it was like a, a studio lot of teeny apartment. apartments and on he's euclid. like six foot four <laughs> You know, black guy, like, uh, you know, we were stepping all over each other. So it was, it was pretty interesting. But, uh, I, uh, then I, so I had that job as like $350 a day. And then I went and to crunch on the, the 13th in Washington. Is that mm-hmm. So at the time that was kind of like the place 
to be. It was the place. You know, the, and um, and uh, Scott Hauser. I saw you in there a few times working with oh, people really? early on. Okay. It was like, who is this clown? So no, I'm, just I'm sure. <laughs> no, not at all. Thought, not at all. No. Back in the day, I'm sure I no, walked not, around a little bit no way. more arrogant than I am now. So. And especially showing up with a bald head and a six-pack in South Beach. So. <laughs> I don't think I ever put my shirt on here in, in the early days. Well, I mean, you stand so, out if you put your shirt so, on. Um, so, yeah, I went to Crunch, and, and Scott Hauser actually hired me as an independent contractor. Scotty Hauser. So he was super nice, as you can imagine. Yeah, Scott's a great guy. <laughs> and... Uh, and then I actually had 17 clients in the first month. Wow. I was there. And there was 38 trainers there at the time. Ton of so trainers. That's ton a lot of trainers. Of trainers. Ton of trainers. It was, it was, a, it was a free, you know, free from yeah. there. But, but uh, again, it just was a, a knack of being able to, to get people to do things they don't want to do. Is That's right. what I kind of feel like yeah. I have a gift. So. Yeah. So, so you're working at Crunch. You're obviously seeing the way the industry moves in Miami, and you're picking up on several things. And you know, it, I think there's an aha moment where you say, you know what, I like this. I've learned a lot. This is my education because I worked at a corporate wellness facility. And listen, I don't, you know, I didn't have a bad experience there. I mean, I, it was a, a tremendous learning experience for right. me. And, uh, you know, I I actually like the people. You know, I... Toward the end, it was a little bit different. I didn't like the way the team was being treated and things of that nature. But it was a great experience, great learning process, as I said before. At what point did you have your aha moment? Did you say, you know, I think I want to do this on my own? Being that I was an independent contractor, right. I kind of was on oh, my own okay. more from okay. from really from the, the get-go. I okay. never technically worked for Crunch. I was just paying them a... a Rent maybe a rent fee. Okay, yeah. and at the time it was really small, so okay. I was making the most of that opportunity. Then Valleys came in and kicked out all the independent trainers, so that was a big wake up call. Because then it was like, holy cow, where where am I going to train my clients? Right. So right. that's when I fell onto Flamingo Athletic Club at okay. Flamingo South Beach, the Flamingo days. Ooh. So that's a whole we could have an hour <laughs> conversation about the Flamingo. Could write a book about that. Uh, <laughs> that might be a different type of podcast. <laughs> but um That's not our brand. Yeah, exactly. So I went to the Flamingo and, and uh worked with John Hanrahan. I'm not sure if you're familiar with him. him. Uh great guy. Okay. Uh uh learned a lot from him and uh, uh John Philbin yeah, no, I know no. that name. So actually. the uh, the uh, I'm drawing a work with NSPA that? National Strength yeah. Professionals yeah. Association. Okay. So um, I worked a lot with Olympics and Olympic athletes and stuff. So okay. so I learned a lot from there. And then uh, that's when when I started training. I started training professional athletes at at Crunch, and it was actually my buddies. And then when we went to Flamingo Athletic Club. That's when I met Drew Rosenhaus and started mm -hmm. training. Jeremy Shocking, some right. of those guys. That's right. And then uh, that's when the light bulb went off. And that's when I, when I, when I was at the Flamingo, I was like, I want my own facility. Like I want, mm -hmm. and I want to, you know, state of the art. Like yeah, of everything. course. You know, that I had the dream of, of, you know, the $20 million facility, of course. Don't we all. <laughs> you know, so, so I, I started planning and, and I'm funny. Like I, I get the, uh, the little kids crayons and the and the white paper and i actually draw my facility oh, wow. like like a kid would um and then i get like almost like a dream board i get you know i start pulling the the favorite equipment off the of vision magazines. board yes, yeah, vision yes, board, exactly. yes yes 
And I didn't actually know what I was doing at the time. I just was doing it. And neatly. And, uh, and I kept asking everyone. You know, every, anybody with money, I was asking them, you know, what do you think about this? What do you think about, you know, this idea? And pick their idea. brain, absolutely. So I had, I had a lot of different opportunities to do different gyms with different, you know, and it just kept, you know, one after another kept failing, kept failing, kept failing. So I kind of got to the point where it was getting frustrating, uh, frustrating because, you know, you, you pitch these ideas and you get turned down. And then um, all of a sudden I had a, a client come up to me and ask me to travel with him. And he was like, you know, I'll pay you X amount of dollars and you come on the road and we go to, you know, Vegas, we yeah, go right. to you know, Atlantic City. And at the time I had 29 clients uh, doing fantastic. Um, like everything was great. Right. Um, actually had an apartment paid for that was right underneath the gym at the Flamingo. Oh, that's sweet. Like really had a good situation. But again, being who I am, <laughs> I was like, let's go. So I actually gave all my clients to another trainer, a wow. young trainer there, and and literally we got on a plane the next day. Boy, was he psyched. Oh, my God. <laughs> you made his career, Seriously, basically. like gave him 29 clients. Yeah, so. And he was like. Do you think he appreciated I think, that? I don't know if he did, honestly. <laughs> But, you know, he was like 24 years old. So. He's like, wow, this is easy. Yeah, exactly. Right. So I hit the road with this guy. And have you ever seen The Devil Wears Prada? Yeah, absolutely. So imagine. Oh, no. That's who I just signed up for. But he wasn't like that when you. Uh, of course not. No. You know, I had been training him there, you know, in the gym. And and I didn't, you know, you, you only see the guy an hour a day and, and you're you're training. And, you know, you have some conversations. And, of course, he's a little quirky and. You know, maybe a little eccentric, but you don't, you certainly don't think that he's going to be evil, evil. <laughs> so, I mean, I'm talking the most unrealistic expectations on everything. Like, and he would test me every way possible and try me in every way possible. Um, I was left in Atlantic City without any way of, you know, getting home or anything Goodness. like that. I was. Uh, I was dropped off in New York and had to get like a, a specific sandwich from a certain place, you know, like just, you know, like things like that, uh, showing up in LA and, and, uh, I actually, uh, through his contact, we ended up training Nicole Murphy, Eddie Murphy's ex-wife. Oh, wow. Okay. And so I was living with her and him and, and doing just crazy errands. And I was like an errand boy more than a trainer. Yeah, and yeah, I didn't know how to get out of the situation. Right, right. And, uh, and so, uh, but I'll tell you this, I learned so much and I would never go back. That I do not regret it at all because it stepped my game up as a worker and as a, as a guy that could get stuff done no matter what. And even though it was ridiculous and some of the stuff that he was asking me to do was insane, it, because I figured it out and I got it done, it, it, it truly helped me later in life, you know, and then being a business owner, like now I, no matter what happens, I can get it. I know I can get it yeah. done. I'll figure a way out to make it happen. So, yeah. so although it was crazy, it, uh, it, it was the best thing that ever happened to me, so. It's interesting. Like you, you've become. You realize that no matter what's thrown at me, I can make it happen. I can figure it out. Right. Right. You correct. said that. Now, at what point? I I, I want to. I make it a point. Or I'm starting to make it. I'll make a point of asking everyone that comes on, Manning. At what point did you start to understand 
what real hard work is because we know as this game goes that you know you have people come into your life some younger trainers people in our field who are very good people but i don't think they understand the amount of work it takes which it's not it's not really it's hard it's going to take them time but at what point did you understand wow this is hard work and now i realize yeah i mean i think i i've had a lot of those mm -hmm. situations um you know through rehabbing my back through going through those mm -hmm. struggles when you when you wake up in the morning and you 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 literally have to figure out a way to get your shoes on and then hit the day um so that i think instilled hard work in me um my dad was such a hard worker and uh he did some things you know when i was younger like put me in front of his car and and tell me to start running and then you know if i slowed down honking the horn and stuff like that you know that instilled hard work in me so i mean i kind of grew up knowing hard work right but until you own your own business <laughs> you have no clue what hard work is so when i opened legacy and legacy what, fit what year is this you so open legacy november 2008 okay and when and that was obviously i came back from the chaos from traveling with that client in 2005 i had to start over rebuild my clientele completely you know start over and i started over and then i ended up uh meeting a phenomenal uh guy that uh believed in me and believed in my brand and, and wanted to open the gym up with me what was his name uh mark gordon mark gordon i know yes, mark sir. gordon so um he and he was another person that really allowed me to step up my game if i was a minute late i, I checked that if i was 30 seconds late to a session he would leave. He would leave. Oof. Not respond to a text, not an email, not tell me where he was until our next session. And well, what, did he, what did he say? Tell us what the first time that happened because I know you remember it. Yeah, no. It was, and it never happened again. Let, uh, me, let me tell I you know. that. So I, I show up and I was, I was, I want to say I was about a minute, a 30 seconds to a minute late and he wasn't there. And so I'm blowing him up, blowing him up, hitting him up. And then, uh, and then, you know, no, no response, nothing. And then the next time I came in, to our next session I certainly was early and then I asked him and he said you were late and I, and I left you know I don't have time to wait on you and at first you know you're kind of taken by it and you're like wow what a what a jerk you yeah, know? yeah but then you 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 look in the mirror and you say he's right when you he's, start to reflect on it right he's absolutely right it's I'm inconsiderate I am I am he's paying me to to be somewhere at a certain time and by God I better be there and so it, it was a big eye-opener for me. And it was the first person other than that crazy guy that I travel with that, that kind of slapped me in the face and said, you know, you work for me. This is what you have to do. And, and I need you to do it to, uh, to be punctual and be professional. And uh, he even, uh, in my earlier days, I actually kind of uh, dressed a little bit uh too casual, you know, sometimes, what were you, wearing? Sessions, what were you, you wearing? know, like a little bit too baggy of a shirt or, and, and he kind of helped me also know that, you know, we're, we're, our role is to look professional. And, uh, and so that he helped me with that too, as well. And, uh, it was what a big eye opener. What did he say? Just, you know, like, you know, he would ask me, why are you wearing such baggy clothes? You're a, you're a fitness guy and you have a great body. Why are you hiding it? You know? And I, and I'm a, I don't like, you know, yeah, of course you don't clothes. show off. I, I don't like to. I'm not a show off. But, but at the same, but you're time, a billboard. But at the same time, he it, it did make sense that I shouldn't be 
shouldn't be the opposite. You know, I should, there should be a, a, a balance there. You know, I don't have to prance around with my shirt off, but I certainly don't need a, a three T XL shirt on, you know, while I'm training. Class. Right, 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 right. So, and that comes from college, right? Always wearing the bigger yeah, clothes. Exactly. You know, that being hanging out in the, in the uh, sports world that I was in. So, right. And, so, so you've been at legacy fit in, 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 you know, it started with your partner. Uh, now you're on your own. Yes. And it's been going well. Tell us about Legacy Fit. Tell us what Legacy Fit is. Okay. All right, so Legacy Fit uh, is a strength and conditioning facility and a group exercise um, boot camp class, kind of like your Barry's Boot Camp or your Orange Theory, but, but our own take on it. Um, and how that came about is Legacy Fit in 2008 started as a private training facility only for my clients in the beginning. And... And it, uh, you know, my, I had the business model. I had, you know, I wanted six, six trainers and all six trainers having like six clients in the morning, six clients in the evening, ran the numbers, everything looked great. Um, but the problem was, is I couldn't find any other trainers. (laughs) So I went through about 17 trainers the first year. It's hard finding good trainers. It was very hard. It was very hard. And also keep in mind, this is right after the recession. If not still in the recession, 2008 right. was on the cusp. I think the recession was to in 2007, and I opened up in a in a very sketchy uh, neighborhood at the time that wasn't. Now it's you know the the new trendy hipster you know area, Wynwood, Edgewater. But at the time it was hookers on the street and crack houses <laughs> and and uh, you know needles on the on the ground. So it was it was questionable to say the least. Um, but I, I saw it, I, I knew that, that, yeah, it might be difficult in the beginning, but, but where we were going would be, it would be successful. The, the area would, would be uh, eventually be successful. Um, so, so when I couldn't find any other trainers, I knew that I had to figure out something to do to bring in more money. Cause I couldn't, I was doing like 14, 16 hour days and I was getting burned out of doing the personal training. So I uh, developed a boot camp class and mm-hmm. it was a group exercise class and I basically used the private training facility, all the equipment in it to do like a circuit mm-hmm. with clients and on the, and we started on Tuesdays and Thursdays at 5.30 mm-hmm. p.m. and the next thing I know I have like 50, 60, 70, 80. Crazy. And I mean the largest crowd was like 108 people right. showing up to do this boot camp class. So that's when the light bulb went off and then also seeing like uh, – heavy set out of shape people working alongside uh, a Marion Barber. Um, you know, it was like a light bulb went off saying, wow, anyone can do this and why not you know, duplicate it? Why not make it to where it, it is its own entity? Of course. And, uh, Joe actually, uh, my business partner now and, uh, our morning manager and our, our, uh, as we like to call him, our Sergeant Joe. Joe's um, amazing, by the way. We all love Joe. Yes, Joe's and I amazing. love Joe like Big a brother. Big shout out. Yeah, and he's... Uh, Just had a baby, too. Congrats, Joe. Congrats, Joe. Uh, Sergeant Joe. Yes, he, he came into my life. Uh, We're going to have him on here. So. All right, awesome. So he came into my life like four or five years ago. He'll kill me because I don't remember the exact date. But, but um, And he came up to me, and he, he wanted... He wanted. I'll let I'll let him tell his story. But right. uh, but he came up and he asked me if he could do a morning boot camp because we were only doing the evening boot camp. So I said, you know, for sure, you know, let's do it. 
and his same thing he started out it would like be six people show up and 12 people and then 13 the next thing you know he's got this huge following in the mornings and so how do you we, get the following by being joe i, I think and it's by personality being, right well i think there's there's something to be said about someone that what you know will always be there you never have to let's w- slow down because I want right. everyone to All hear right. this. <laughs> <laughs> this is really, and I really believe this is what sets us apart from from other facilities because mm-hmm. we get it, we hear it all the time. Mm-hmm. Is that at six a.m. when the class, when you have a class at six a.m., it is imperative that you're open, <laughs> that the doors are open, that everything is working, and that your mood is high and you're you're excited and you're ready to greet people. And Joe just had this thing about him that set he up, he set up, everything ready to go. set up. He would show up at the gym at four forty-five in the morning, have everything ready from the music to the stations, to to his own mood because he already got his workout in, and and just people knowing that that they have this guy that's willing to wake up even though he has a a, a little three-year-old, you know, at the time a one one-year-old little girl or two-year-old little girl. But no matter what, he's going to drive from Homestead, and he's going to be there. He's, his alarm goes off at 3-something in the morning every morning, and he, he's going to ma- be there. No Rain, shine, sick, whatever, he's going to be there. And people started to, to notice that. And, oh, and he's then, always there. He, and then they – so they want to be a part of that because they're like, I, wanna, I want whatever he has. Whatever he has that gets him going – I need that in my life. I want that before I go to work. And so that's what that's what happened. And then, you know, this person tells that person and, and it just kind of, you know, evolves. So so the group exercise thing, it, it really opened our eyes to that we needed it to be its own entity, its own business. And that's why we franchised the, the group exercise class and made a room specific for that workout. Right. So And, you know, there's so much they clients people taking class they come into their uh, our lives they're looking for some of that secret sauce as i call it or that inspiration because they have so much trouble with it and they said if i can just put myself around this person it's going to help me with my goals and with my life and you both certainly have that now you know you train how do you you have long days manning this is hard uh what you do is challenging i've been doing it for many years we swap stories all the time how do you number one stay motivated how do you stay motivated in this field which is long days there's a lot of work to do and it's draining because people come into our lives as i'll say once again to to build up their energy by using some of ours right exactly and they certainly give us energy at times for but sure. how do you stay uh, motivated that that's actually a tough question mm-hmm. and and i and i hope people realize too that we need motivation just like everyone else and i don't mean the like hot raha like um you know someone clapping their hands or shouting or anything like that motivation but but just a uh, a pat on the back or a, a thank simple you. thank you or a gesture or, and and that is exactly what motivates me is I get that from time to time, not not often, not every day. Every now and then I have a client that will text me what I mean to them or will text me what how I help them get through something. And that because at times you get into a place where 
where when the alarm goes off at not quite as early as you, Mark, but when my alarm goes off at 4.45, not quite, 2.45. But <laughs> We're, we're but, all fools. You know, when, we're all in the same when category. When the alarm goes off, there's certainly days where you say to yourself, why? You know, <laughs> what, what am I doing with my life? And you're in the what kitchen. Di- what and day is it? You know, yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, who am I training? And uh, and it, it is tough. And, and you don't feel great every day. But uh, but every now and then you have a client shoot you that email, shoot you that text, or, or tell you something that says <laughs> you're making a difference. It's a big deal. That's a big deal. And so when you know that, yeah, when you know you're making a difference, that's what motivates them. You know, it's uh, n- not throwing you under the bus, but Manning, when he said that, he he quickly got emotional because <laughs> he put so much of his life into it. So, he, of course, he, you know, you get emotional because you want this person to achieve their goals and have a better quality of life so badly that you'll do anything like show up early, stay late. And it gets frustrating when at times they might not want it as bad as you do, you know, and you know what they're capable of. You know, the stories of all these life transformations and their energy, how they get better jobs and they're healthy and they feel better. The quality of their life goes through the roof. Their relationships improve. And you just want to help them, you know. And, of course, it's an emotional thing. It's an emotional charge. Uh, how, how do you stay focused when things get so busy? Um, I tell you, fitness come, makes uh, plays a big part in that. I, I believe that I like to train every single morning and uh, sometimes in the evenings, but, but that sometimes doesn't happen. But, but for sure, my morning workouts – um as limited as they are now because of my injuries but i i get in the best i can and uh it's that for me is is it just kind of puts me in the right mindset to take on the day and i and i like to push myself to to crazy limits and i do it because i feel like if i can if i can do 33 sprints in the morning Mm -hmm. then then what's you know anything that comes is going to be easy compared to that right and and uh and i'm kind of i kind of enjoy pressure Mm -hmm. i I, the busier i am i i feel like i thrive and i i i I do better Mm -hmm. in, in those circumstances right when i don't have things to do and i and i'm slow i actually kind of go a little crazy like a little stir crazy so I enjoy being busy. I enjoy uh, the busier, the better for me. That's just how I operate. So understood. And you know, I know your uh, congrats on on being engaged. And are you uh, are you like minded with your companion with, with with your fiance? Does she take on the same type of things? Um, tell us about. It. People want to know. Me up for this? No, people want to people want to <laughs> know this stuff. Believe me. Uh, actually. You know, even if you're different, yes, okay. we're, we're actually completely different. And I think that's what makes it so beautiful is, uh, you know, uh, she's the first woman to come into my life to be herself. And, and then it's the first time I think that I've been comfortable enough with myself to be, to let her be herself. Mm-hmm. And, and then the fact that she lets me be me also so we're both allowing each other to be who we truly are makes the relationship really uh blossom yeah and then it doesn't mean that we don't uh encourage one another and want each other to improve 
but we're not trying to change mm-hmm. who that person is. And I think that's a big thing in relationships that people can, can take it from this is that, uh, if you do decide to be with someone, realize that you've made a decision to be with that person, that person that who they are. So mm-hmm. if you try to change them, it's not going to work out. Um, certainly try to improve their life, um, encourage them to be a better person. And I think we both do that with each other. We both want each other to be better and strive to be better each and every day, but we're not trying to change the, the core of, of each other. Mm-hmm. And, um, and so she's helped me with that. And then I, I believe, you know, I've helped her with that too. So that's a be- certainly a beautiful thing. Um, congrats. It's, it's uh, I, I know it's going to be a very happy situation for many, many years and decades. Um, quickly, uh, bring it to a, a bit of a close. What advice would you give to a young person starting in this field? Really? I mean, they need your advice. You could, or you could tell a younger Manning starting out, they want to hear your advice. Like what would you advise them or any young person starting out? Yeah. I think me and you have had this talk many times. So, oh yeah. Um, you know, it's the, not to be cliche, but it's do not skip steps. Oh yeah. And this, what I've noticed in the industry lately is that everyone wants to skip steps. Everyone wants to, tomorrow. everyone wants to, uh, do a physique competition and then, you know, once they get their six pack, now they're an expert in, in fitness or they, uh, they go to work for, for Equinox or anatomy or legacy fit. And they, they, uh, are there for a month and now they can do the owner job. Now they know how to do everything. And, I think that they're losing, I think there's something about cleaning the toilet, picking up the little piece of paper on the turf that you see, that you walk by and you pick it up, changing the trash when no one's asked you to, uh, re-racking the weights when you weren't using the equipment, uh, just all these little things that we forget to do that will get us to where we want to be, which is successful. But if you do not do the little things, then you're never going to get to do the big things oh, yeah. ever. Oh, yeah. That's so. well, very, very well said. You know, and I think that the process is so incredibly valuable that, as Manning said, if we skip the steps, you're losing so much education that later on you're going to say, wow, man, I don't even know how to do this. Well, that's because you expedited the process. Exactly. You need to take your time, you know, even if you're there a little bit longer, it works. Believe me, that's not trying to say that someone won't be successful or they're not going to make millions of dollars. But, you know, it's like almost like get rich slow and then you appreciate it. Right. You know, and enjoy the process and never stop learning. That's another thing, too, that we tend to do as we get in this rut. Um, And you'll relate to this. the, The RTS course. Oh, yeah. You know, you're in there and you're like, wow, like, <laughs> yeah. this is, I'm not even a trainer. You right, know, like right, you, you right. start to second guess things. And, but, but the beauty of that is like, think about the potential. Now you're learning even more than you thought you knew because you're giving it a chance to, to, to continue that education, to continue to grow. And, and you never need to stop growing ever. Yeah. So, yeah, very well said. Um, thank you for that. So now, what I do, Manning, at the end is I'm going to ask you a series of questions. These are just fun questions to figure out uh, a little bit more about Manning Sumner. One word answers, man. All right. Uh, favorite 
celebrity you've ever trained? Celebrity slash athlete, go for it. Well, he's he's a good friend too, so so I, I definitely wasn't uh, in that. It wasn't a celebrity thing for me. It was uh, Rico Love. Rico uh, Love has been a phenomenal client. So, so supportive, right? Yes, very very supportive, fant- uh, amazing man. So sweet. Favorite ritual. Uh, I read a I read a. It's called a warfare prayer every single morning. And uh, just kind of puts like a you know a spiritual guard on on me, and it's like uh, I guess it's just something that I love, and I do it while I'm listening to praise music, and and I, and and it's just it kind of gets your day going in the right direction because how can you not smile listening to right. praise music? So. <laughs> I like that. Okay, uh, favorite food? Peanut butter. <laughs> Join the masses, my friend. <laughs> favorite sports team? tough one i know don't offend anyone now no right favorite sports team I, i'm gonna go with a safe answer auburn <laughs> auburn that, that is a safe yeah. answer favorite athlete uh current favorite athlete probably kevin durant nice favorite movie of all time hmm Man, this is so cliche if I say this. <laughs> uh, and now for it. Um, if you Legend, want. Legends of the Fall. Ooh. I know it's bad. It's bad. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Favorite book? You can be book. You can listen to it on audio. That's okay. Yeah, right. Um, believe it or not, and this is going to sound crazy, but... Uh, one that I enjoyed immensely it was uh, DMX's autobiogra- autobiography. He was at Rockwell Monday night. Really? Was he? Yeah, he was at Rockwell Monday yeah. night. That's awesome. Yeah. Favorite TV show? Um, well, former favorite show would be The Wire, and then currently would be Billions. Billions. A good show. Bobby Axelrod. Yes, sir. <laughs> Favorite type of music? Uh, I would have to say hip hop. Mentor, most influential mentor in your life? My dad. Last but not least, favorite quote? Well, I just wrote it on your kitchen wall in here. <laughs> so uh, it's fatigue makes cowards of us all by vince lombardi vince lombardi yes awesome manning thank you so very much for making time out of your busy schedule and uh thank your fiance for letting uh us borrow you for the evening here (laughs) thank you very much uh legacy fit in miami um manning sumner uh fitness trainer to the stars celebrity trainer all that good stuff and he's an incredible guy and a dear friend so thank you very much man thank you mark